0: trespasses and sin and he saved us from the penalty of death and he has given us life and that life more abundantly amen he took that old worn out good for nothing life and he transformed us into something wonderful through the blood of Jesus Christ he has given us a new lease on life he has given us a reason to live amen because we live in Jesus Christ amen Praise God. And so tonight I'm thankful for that. And uh, through the flow of his power tonight, we can stand firm in the confidence of knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and know that we have an abundant life to live. Amen. We ain't down in the grubs. We're not losers. We're not defeated. We're not trying to wretched worms trying to make it in but we have an abundant life in Christ Jesus already. Amen. And through uh, our thoughts and our words and our deeds, it is going to uh, help or it's going to hinder the blessing, the flow of God from coming into our life. We have a lot more to do with it, and you've heard me teach on it before, but i continue to stress we have a lot more to do with the blessing of God coming to our life than the devil has from keeping it from us because he don't have the power to do that. But we frame our world with our words. We declare our future and determine where we will be tomorrow. And it's through those words. And so we have the ability to brighten or we have the ability to dull uh, our future By how we speak and how we declare and how do we decree from our mouth. Amen? And so we have to take that into real consideration uh, if we want things to change in our lives. Last uh, week before last, I started talking about being the stream of God. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit more, lay a little more foundation, and then uh, tonight, and about us being the stream of God personally and as a corporate body. And then the next few weeks, I want to talk to you about spirits that hinder the flow of God. In uh, 30 years of ministry and uh, 20 some 25 of those years being in pastorate, I have dealt with seven demonic spirits that tried to deal and hinder the move of God. And uh, by God's grace, I've learned how to conquer and defeat them. And I just know tonight that they are not dead, they are still alive, but God's also in the book of Revelation, Ralph talked about Revelation earlier, in the book of Revelation God said he released seven spirits into the earth and they are to conquer those seven spirits that are coming to hinder the flow of God. And so I I have great joy in knowing tonight that not only are we in a warfare, but we are in a victorious battle because of what Jesus Christ has already set in place for us. Amen. Praise God. God wants all of us to flow in his anointing and we can choose to flow in that anointing or we can choose to not flow in it. It's up to us. But I want to go back to that golden scripture that we used a couple of weeks ago in Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse 6. It said, He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And When I returned, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, the waters are healed. And it shall be that everything that moves, whether the river goes, will live. There will be very great multitude of fish because of these waters uh, go, go there. And for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it uh, from, and they will be placed from, and there will be a place for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. And then, This last verse here in verse number 12, it said, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. If we reject the flow of God that he has for our lives, the scripture promises us that we will not live. It's a most dangerous place to be is in the place where that we choose not to take part in what God is doing. "...in the flow of the Spirit." And this is what Ezekiel seen here in his vision. He's seen that there was a river that was flowing perpetually and bringing life to everything that it touched. And then there was also a part of a body which used to retain water, but yet when the water flow uh, dropped below the level where that there was a continual flow, there was a hindrance, a dam, a reservoir, whatever it may have been, that hindered freshness from. Coming into this this body of water, it became a marsh or a swampland. When we said last time that when there is no exit uh, for there to be a release, then it's going to dam up and become stagnant and die, right? That's the reason why it's important for you to be a part of something. Amen. I got two amens. Maybe I've got a lot of swamp I need to talk to tonight. Amen. It's important for you to be a part of something. That's the reason why we have the seven teams here. We have different ministries and and you got to get involved in something or you're going to die. It is true that you can be in a place that is full of life and yet be dead yourself. You can be in a place where the, there is victory and be in defeat yourself. You have to participate in the move of God. You have to participate in the flow of God. And whenever we have real victory in our life is whenever we are giving out to other people. Amen. When uh, One of Smith Wigglesworth won a lady in england to the lord and and she was so overjoyed with her excitement of this newfound relationship with god and she asked smith said how do i keep this excitement how do i keep this joy in my life and his reply to her was give it away If you do not give it away, if there is not a flow out of you, then there is no need for there to be a flow into you, and you will dry up and wither away. Amen. The swamps and the marshes of Ezekiel's vision represents individuals. It also represents churches who will no longer participate in what God is doing. How many know, I'm sure all of us here tonight, if we were to think, we could think of churches tonight that once had it going on, but they refused to change. And because they refused to change, they have no life there any longer. And because there is no life, there is no people. Amen. Amen. But I want you to know tonight that there is a source of God's anointing that is perpetually and continual flowing, but we've got to go with what God is doing. We've got to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit because the river is what's making the anointing. It is in that flow of His Spirit that causes change to take place. If we do not continue to make turns and changes with the flow of God, then we will miss The power of God. Amen. You see, I I I've been around enough and I've been in the country enough to know that you can watch. And I remember knowing the 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 there was a creek that ran down by our small little farm that we had in Ohio, and through the years that creek would change. You would where where I used to fish, uh, there would be no water there anymore. But the current, as it shifted and as it turned, the river was still there. But it was the The where it used to be is now, not where it was is now. Are you following me? And we, we got to continue to go because through time, just like the riverbed changes in the spirit, there is shifts and there are turns. And we have to, if we're going to enjoy the flow and the power and the presence of God, then we've got to be willing to shift and to turn or to move with the power and the presence of God as it goes its course in this life. Amen. And so through God himself, uh, uncertain or change is going to come, but we have to learn how to trust not in what we have had, not in what we have, but we've got to learn how to trust to follow him because it's human nature. Once, if we think we've got it figured out, we won't need God no more if we've got it figured out, we can just lean back. We don't, as Brother Ralph challenges us tonight, we don't have to worship anymore. We can just go through the mundane. We can go through the rigors of religion. But I want to tell you, God loves us too much to, to let it be like that. He wants to hear from us. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants us to know Him personally, praise God. And because of that, He says, I'm going to shift things up. I'm going to turn. I'm going to move. Not not just for that reason but because every generation it, it is demanded that there be a shift and a change to reach the harvest and so God isn't bent on pe- on keeping things the traditions of men because the Bible says that the traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect and what he is really saying there is the traditions of men are stronger than the devil they're stronger than a lie in fact it's the only thing that you will find that says that there will cause the word of God to be nullified. But whenever we begin to hold on to the traditions of what we have known of yesterday, and we will miss the flow of God today. But God loved mankind so much that he said, if I have to change it up to reach them, I'll change it up. If I've got to turn, make a turn here, and if I've got to go this direction, that I died for the harvest, and I'm willing that I will shift and make changes so I can reap the harvest in which I died for. Amen. God does not change, but His His direction changes. God does not change. He is He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. But the course that He takes and the direction that He takes is continually changing that He may reach mankind and reach this harvest. We can help or we can hinder the flow of the anointing of God through us, if we choose to harbor offenses, if we choose to hold on to bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, we will hinder the flow of God's anointing in our lives. Amen. God isn't so hard up that he has to use dirty vessels. He isn't so hard up that he has to try to flow over bitterness and anger and strife and envy. Come on, somebody. Y'all quiet tonight. I'll preach on it a while. Amen. God isn't going to use that mess. People say, well, you know, they want to live however we want to live and, and think we have a right to bitterness and anger and envy and malice and strife and all of these things and unforgiveness. And then we wonder why we don't feel God's anointing. Wonder why we don't feel the presence of the Lord like we used to feel his presence. Well, I tell you, he He isn't going to flow in that kind of vessel. And so we have to make a choice that it's not worth it. (laughs) It's not worth it. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than have riches untold. I'd rather have Him than to hold on to my bitterness, to hold on to my hate, to hold on to my envy and strife. Come on. Amen. I'd rather have His presence because more can be done in a millisecond in the presence of God than anything that I can do in a lifetime. Amen. I need His presence. I need His anointing. I need His flow in my life tonight. Amen. Ultimately, we will be left in the swamps and the marshes of this world because God is going to continue to flow. As I said the other week, the Ohio River is flowing right now. The Ohio River is flowing at 3 o'clock in the morning while everyone else is sleeping. The Ohio River is flowing at seven. It is flowing whenever you go there. It's perpetually, continually flowing. And I'm telling you that the presence of God is continually, perpetually flowing from the throne room of God into the earth. But we've got to be connected to it till we can experience his presence and power. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been driving down the road at three o'clock in the morning and just mention his name. And he just climbs up in the car with me. Amen. I've been in in the midnight hours of my life when everybody else had done went to sleep and darkness was all around and mentioned his name and he would answer me. Amen. And I want to tell you tonight that the flow of God never ceases. It's us that has to get all of this stuff out of our lives so that we do not become stagnant and we can recognize the flow of God. Amen. Recognize the flow of God. And so if we're going to recognize the flow of God, we must be worshipers. Worship refreshes the flow of God's power in our life. Worship refreshes the flow of God's power in our life. There's only two times you ought to ever worship. That's when you feel like it and when you don't. Amen. When you feel like it and when you don't, because worship is always proper. Worship is all right anytime. Sometimes it's proper to worship loud. Other times it's war- proper to worship quietly, but it's always proper to be in an attitude of worship. Amen. And it's that worship that refreshes the flow of, uh, excuse me, the flow of God's power in our life. Worship is the only way to stay uh, in God's flow and abundant provision of healing power in our lives. And so if we're going to continually experience God's healing in our lives, we have to be worshipers. Amen. Acts 3 and 18 said, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And then he goes on and says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy, his holy prophets since the world begins. If we become so enamored and so preoccupied with our own plans and our own desires to notice the river of God flowing in our lives, then we will think that we've got it all together and we won't even have an understanding that we need to repent. But how many know we need to humble ourselves? I believe that's what Paul was saying. He said, I crucify this flesh daily. He said, I I bring it to a place of repentance. I crucify it to a place to where that I can live for Christ. And it's Christ that lives in me and not myself that lives. Amen. We can become so uh, presumptuous. We can become so self-sufficient. We can become so uh, self-interdependent that we think that we don't need God any longer and we don't need a freshness of his power. But I want you to know today that when we become to that place, our days are numbered of experience and a fresh touch of heaven and we begin to talk about what God has done and we begin to talk about what we used to have and what we used to be but I want you to know what God has ever done in your life that is the platform for which he wants to bring you to to, for you to stand on that is the least amount of anointing that you ought to ever experience in your life because if you have reached that plateau that means that he has brought you to that place so that it will become a platform for you to excel into the present of God and his anointing will be greater from that day forward than ever before. But we have turned it into an experience. We have turned it into a time that we come and feel God's presence only to leave and never know that power or that level anointing again. But the devil is a liar. When you come into his presence and you feel his anointing and you feel his touch in your life it is not for you to feel good for a moment or two and then release And go home and do your own thing And never experience that level again Until some great service happens But it is so that you can have faith To believe that today I can experience God for myself There is a river that is flowing And that river, the streams of it Are making glad the city of our God And so therefore if I'm having a bad day If trouble is finding me where I'm at I've just got to get to the river Because there is a river that is flowing that will make me glad. Hallelujah. Amen. He said we must repent. Tell your neighbor I got to repent. Repent and your sins will be blotted out that the times of refreshing might come. I know there's many people that want the flow of God and the anointing of God in their lives. But they're not willing to do what it takes to see that anointing flow. There's many people that have even experienced their gifting and their talents and the treasure that God has placed into them. They recognize it and know it, but they're not willing to pay the price for that anointing to make it powerful within them. Amen. But God says if you'll surrender to him, he will complete his work in us. In Philippians 1 and 6, he tells us that. He will renew our passion for the things of God. Fulfill our heart's desire. Amen. And he, when we begin to worship him, he will fulfill our heart with gladness. He will fill our heart with joy. But well, we have to surrender to him. As we have seen, we can either help or we can hinder the flow of God. To, people, to help God's flow in our lives, we must release the will of God, surrender to His desire so that we can fulfill His purpose for us. He tells us in Jeremiah, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. Amen. We hinder the flow of God by exchanging his glory for our own ways. But we need his glory. I I need his glory. I need his presence. But we too many times exchange what we could have for what we want. Amen. We have to make a choice. Psalms 106, he said that they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent sent a leanness in their soul. In other words, God said, I'll, I'll put up with it for a while, but I'll be like Burger King. I'll let you have it your way. Amen. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Shut up, lady. Don't upset us. Oh, that ain't how it went. God said, you want it your way? I'll give it to you your way. Go ahead. But there's consequences. You can do what you want to do. You can take the pleasures of this world. You can enjoy your life. But he said, I'm going to withdraw. Your soul is going to be lean. Your spirit man. You're, you're not going to enjoy my presence like you could enjoy my presence. Amen. A lot of people are waiting to get to heaven. And I, I, I thank God for heaven. I'm looking forward to him, his return someday. But I'm not going to wait to get to heaven. Why do I have to wait to get to heaven? Jesus paid an awesome price so I wouldn't wait to get to heaven. But I could enjoy it here in the now that I can make an access to the Father and I can have a relationship with him in such a way that I would not have to wait to get to heaven, but I can enjoy his presence here in the earth. And he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And so if God wants the best for our lives, But we've got to be willing to get in the river of God. Surrender everything to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when we surrender all to Him, it's then and then only that we will experience God in the fullness of His power. In Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse 6, I find it interesting that Ezekiel was asked by the Lord, Have you seen this? In other words, do you understand what you're looking at here? Do you understand this vision that I'm giving you, Ezekiel? And God shows us a picture of his plan, and then he stops and asks if you understand what he's showing us. The vision of a river shows us that God has the power to get something to us, that we can never get to ourselves or do on our own. Amen. He can even break down mountains and break them in two. He can move what needs to be removed. He can cause the crooked place to become straight and the high place to become plain. God can do whatever he needs to do to give the blessing to us that we would never be able to accomplish on our own. Amen. If we would depend upon him, If we would trust him, even when we don't understand him, we trust him and say our confidence really is in you. Amen. He will get us to the place that he desires for us to be. Amen. God is always bringing us to that place that he wants us to be in our lives when we will trust him. But it is in that trust that we will find the abundant life that God really intends for us in this present world. Amen. He has promised us in his word, that he is declared in his word. He wants us to have it more than we want it. In this exciting time of the church history, it's important for us to understand preached on revelation because uh, i've just well i just ain't gonna say but i haven't preached on revelation but i can tell you this that we are in the beginning of sorrows amen and and we haven't seen nothing yet and, and we're we are we are in a time and a season that if this church the american church does chooses not to get in the river i'm telling you my brothers and sisters judgment is coming to america Trouble is on the brink. It's coming. It's coming. If we will not wake up, humble ourselves, and come back to God, and come back to this river, we, there is difficulty and trouble in the horizon for our land. Amen. And, and you say, well, pastor, that, that isn't too encouraging. No, it may not be encouraging, but I, I tell you, it is the truth. Amen. It is the truth. And, and, and we've got to realize that we have a part to play in it. Amen. We have a part to play in. Do you realize tonight that the body of Christ has more to to do with how the earth and how the world and how these end times are going to play out than anybody else does? The devil doesn't have the power. God doesn't have the power. He has given us delegated authority in the earth so that we can be representors of him in the earth. And so what he desires and what he wills, he must do through me. And when people are not listening to him, when people are full of their selves and their own desires and their own will and not obeying the voice of God and being in the flow in the realm of the spirit, he has to bring something into alignment so that his will will be accomplished. How many know the word of God will come to pass? Amen. Amen. And un, uh, unfortunately, we, we are so full of ourselves as human beings that there's never been a great move of God without great uh, trouble. Tragedy causes us to run to God. In 9-11, remember? 9 2001, right? September the 11th, where were you? I could say all of us would know, Right? I know where I was at. I was sitting in my office desk when Renee hollered at me and said another plane has hit another building. And I I went up to see it on the TV because I said if two of them is hit buildings, this isn't no accident. Something's going on. Amen. And I'm, I'm telling you that what we are facing in our generation and in the society that we are in, it's not about political parties. It's not about governments. It's about light and darkness. It's about good and evil. It's about blessing and cursing. And the church has to rise up and get in the river of God and say, I need his anointing. I need his presence because there is a familiar spirit that has come into the earth likened to that of an antichrist spirit, a man that is rebellious against God, but yet people think is religious. Come on. Amen. But I want you to know that we've got to have the anointing and the power and the presence of God. Amen. Just like they did in the Old Testament, whenever they threw their staff down and both of them turned into serpents and they didn't know which one was the man of God. But whenever the man of God's serpent reached over and swallowed up the other one, they knew who was right. Amen. I'm telling you, there's going to be a showdown in America. Amen. And the anointing of God that is real and powerful is going to rise out of the ashes and people are going to know that Jehovah God really is the living God. Amen. Amen. It's not Buddhist, it's not Muhammad. It ain't all conclusive. Huh? Oh, there's many ways to God. There's a Greek word for that, baloney. Amen. They said, well, there's many ways to the barn. Well, we ain't talking about the barn. We're talking about heaven. Amen. And we've got to to understand tonight that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except by me. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to get in this river where that we can experience his presence and his power in such a way that we are not disillusioned by the lies of the enemy. Amen. Know the spirit of God. Know the presence of the Lord because there will come those that seem as though that they have come from God. But Paul said, even if an angel of light comes to you, Preaching any other gospel except this, he said, "Let him be a curse. He's a lie." Amen. And so we have to have to get in the river so that we flow with the presence of God, the anointing of God, the spirit of God, so that we can know the truth, and we can know the presence and the power of the living Christ. The vision of the river shows us God's uh, and His power, and. When we see His power and His glory, we understand what it can do, because He said, "Everything it touches, it lives." I mean, know that He talks about it in Mark chapter one and verse seventeen about us being fishers of men. Ezekiel talks about there be fishers on each of the on the on the sides of the banks, and He said there'll be room or a place for them to cast their nets, right? He's talking about this last day harvest. He said there's going to be multiple different types of fish in the harvest. There's going to be some white fish. Going to be some black fish. Going to be some red fish. Huh? All types. How do you know? Because he said there's going to bring that the leaves will bring healing to the nations. That word nations mean ethnos. So if if there is any place in the body, in the earth, that you ought to go and be able to see ethnos or see different nationalities coming together and having a good time, it ought to be the house of God. Amen. It ought to be the house of God. And so he tells us that he has called us to be fishers of men. And then he says here that there's going to be a flow of the anointing and whenever they throw in the nets that there's going to be a great harvest that's going to come out because the anointing has touched them. Can, do you understand that you have the ability to change people's lives? The anointing of God. You are the river of God you are the connection of god it isn't just this church building that we are the temples of god and so as we go out and we uh, serve and we work and we do what we do throughout the week everything that we touch it ought to bring life to it amen you ought not be an asset you ought to be a li- you ought, excuse me you ought not you should be an asset and not a liability Ain't get much of an amen there. <laughs> amen. That workplace ought to be blessed because you're there. Amen. If I'm coming into your place and, and eating your food, I ought to be more of a blessing than what the food that you've given me. <laughs> That's right. I ought not be a liability, I ought to be an asset. And so I may not be able to do all these other things, but the anointing of God is flowing in my life. And so when I go and I meet up with a lost person, I ought to be able to speak life into them, amen, and give hope to them that they'll want to change the direction in the course of their life. Amen. Jesus said, abide in me and my words abide in you. And he said, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Amen. He said, you got to abide in me because if you don't abide, then the river can't flow. There's a disconnect, amen? It's broken, it's severed, and so the river can't get where it needs to go. But as long as you abide in me, and my word abides in you, the river can flow, the sap can flow, the life can flow. And where the life is flowing, where the river is flowing, where the sap, whatever you want to call it, is flowing, it's going to bring life. Amen? My favorite time of the year is fall for a couple of reasons. Number one is because I like the cool weather in the morning and a little 70 in the day. But also, in the springtime, it's like that too, right? But in the springtime, you don't have the beauty that you have in the fall. In the spring, you got the cool mornings, the warm days, but the trees look dead no no beauty, no life. But what you cannot see is there is a river, there is a flow that is taking place from the root system that cannot be seen. The sap begins to make its way up the trunk and into the limbs and out to the in-outermost part of those limbs to the twigs and begins to produce leaves. And life comes where it looks like Certain death is. And I want you to understand tonight that there's the same way in the spirit. There is a source that cannot be seen. There is a strength that we do not know. People say, where does your strength come from? Where does your stability come from? It doesn't come because I have a good job. It doesn't come because people are liking me. It comes because my roots are planted deep into the spiritual soil of God. Amen. And there is a continual perpetual flow of the river that is flowing into my life. And it may look like I'm dead in this season, but just keep on. Watching me, baby, because the leaves are going to come out and the fruit is going to begin to be produced again. Because he said, Lo, the days are past, the winter is gone, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land again. There is a springtime that comes to you and I that will give us life and strength, and people will know that we are alive in Jesus Christ. Amen. David said, Bless. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall also not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's where I want to live. So that's right there is where I want to live. Why, Pastor? Because he said, I'm not going to never miss bearing the fruit in season, right? And he said something interesting. He said, your leaves will never wither. In other words, because I'm connected to this river, I'm connected to this place in God, there isn't going to be no. Winter season for me, amen. Did you get that? The leaves aren't going to fall off anymore because in my spirit, man, I'm connected to the source of life that is going to continually, perpetually flow out of me, amen. And give me life continually. God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. And those of us who are not descendants of Abraham, naturally, we have been grafted in by the blood of Jesus Christ, right? And we are now believers that are branched or planted into Jesus. And Jesus, that's where Jesus told us in John 15, if you'll abide in me, he said, then you can, you can do what you will. He said, these, the, and I will prosper and bless it. When we choose to abide in Him, to dwell in Him, to continue in His presence, we are like those trees planted by the river that flows, there's a flow from the throne of God continually in our lives that produces fruit as we serve Him. Amen. As we draw from his presence, as we worship and honor him, out of that residue of his glory will flow over other people's lives and they will be blessed because we have been there. God fills us with his Holy Spirit and we're carriers of his healing. Just as the trees beside the river produced leaves for healing, we are carriers of healing. You know, there's some people that are carriers of disease. But you're a carrier of healing. <laughs> Amen? You're a carrier of healing. You're a carrier of the anointing. And so... We, we have to understand that Galatians 5 said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, gentleness, strong self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its uh, passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, we will also walk in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. We, we don't see too much of this, the fruit that he said you'll produce in every season. What kind of fruit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. <laughs> we need a double dose of that, huh? All of these things, he says... I'm going to cause you to produce them in your life. We have to surrender to him. Amen. I'm almost done. We have to surrender to him. John 15, Jesus said, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Say much fruit so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you and abide in my love. He also said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he said, he, God the Father, takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Amen. If there If we are not bearing fruit, he cuts us off and throws us in the fire. If we are bearing fruit, he knows how much to cut back. So we'll produce more fruit, right? How many have ever had, you've pruned your trees or you've had somebody cut trees for you, prune trees for you? If I was a pruner, I would never do it the way those folks do it. Anybody with me? Because whenever they come and cut that tree and prune that tree, I look at that thing and say, Dear God, there ain't nothing going to ever grow on that thing again. Ain't no way. There's nothing left of it, right? You carry it off more than you left. Come on. Amen? But they know exactly how because with preciseness and with the understanding of how trees function and how they work, they know how to do that. And I'm glad today that the, that the knife isn't in a person's hand, but it's in God's hand. And he knows exactly what to cut off. He knows what to remove. He knows what to take away. And, and sometimes I say, are you sure, God? <laughs> huh? Are you sure? Do you have to really take that much? Right? But he knows what it's going to take for me to produce not just fruit, but more fruit. Amen. There may be habits that need to be cut off. Must might need to prune some things out of our lives so we can bear much fruit. God may need to take us in a new direction. It's possible that God no longer is anointing something that we have done in the past and still doing now. But it's just a dead work because God's not doing anointing it anymore. Amen? Now you're looking at me funny. How many know Abraham nearly killed the promise doing what God told him to do yesterday? Okay. Take thy son, thy only son, Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice unto me. Right? Right? If he would have went on that word he heard that day. On the anointing that was flowing that day. To get him up the mountain. If he would have quit listening to God. And just continued to do what he, God told him to do. God did tell him to do it, right? But if he would have only done what God told him to do. And not continue to listen for the flow of God. He would have killed the promise that God had given him. But because he had enough sense when he got to the top of the mountain that he was continually listening for the voice of God, that when he did what God told him to do and was faithful in that word, now God releases through the flow, through the river. He gives him other direction. God don't ever tell you everything at this one time. He just takes you from step A to step B. And when you're faithful in taking step B, then he'll give you to plan C. Amen. But you've got to depend upon him. You've got to trust in him. And that's how he works. Look at David. David nearly died doing in one season of his life what caused him to be successful in another season of his life. Had his brothers not been there, they would have killed him that day. Amen. Amen. And so we have to be careful that, yes, what worked for us yesterday, God ain't going to let it work for us again today. So why? Because we depend upon ourselves and we know how to get it done. But we've got to get from one place to the next. And when we do, we walk in that anointing that is there for that day. That's the reason he said, pray what that give me this day, my daily bread. Because he wants us to stay in the river, stay in the flow, stay focused on what he is doing. I'm almost done. Did I already say that once? All right. I've only got two more times I'm going to say that. (laughs) The evil that we see, I've already talked about this some, so I'll just hit it for a moment. But the evil that we see in the world is a result of the unseen evil that exists in our day. I'll never forget standing in McCurdy, Africa, getting ready to preach. They tell me there was over 20,000 people there that night. And as I began, as worship was going on, everything was good. And whenever I walked to the platform and began to read the scripture, demonic spirits all over that place began to be Activated begin to manifest and i stood there as a young kid preacher in 1992 and i I stood amazed that there could be such demonic spirits in a nation and i'll never forget what the holy spirit spoke to me and he said it's no different here than it is america he said there's just not enough anointing in america to stir it up We are living in dark times. We are living in difficult times. We are living in times when evil is present. But can I tell you, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Amen? Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for His grace tonight. Praise God. And so we have to understand this this evening, that evil is present and we see this physical battle that is going on, but it's because of a spiritual battle that we cannot see. Our strategy is to worship God. Our war room is the prayer closet, and our weapons of warfare are spiritual ones that are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And so the church, as the church, we have to experience uh, uh, God in the presence of God, because God desires for this to be our finest hour. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to work in in a greater way than ever before. But we've got to be a part of the flow. We've got to be in the river of God and what He is doing. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind, and the acceptable uh, liberty to those that are bruised and broken. Amen. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what He has sent us to do. And Christians are God's connection to the world. If we don't touch them, if we don't aren't that river that is flowing out, then how will they ever know? Amen. We must allow Him to do in us what He needs to do so the river can flow. We must be willing to get rid of whatever is blocking the flow of God in our lives so that we can enjoy the greater blessings that He has for us. Too many times we settle for less than what God has for us. Amen. And the third, we must resist the spirits that hinder the flow of God in our everyday life. Amen. As I said in the forefront of this message tonight, in this teaching tonight, in the book of Revelation There in chapter 5, and I believe verse number 6, he talks about the seven spirits that God releases into the earth. And and it it is a witness, it is a work that uh, comes to defeat the demonic spirits that have come to destroy the church. And once you know and you understand the flow of God's anointing, And what it comes to hinder that flow every day, you can recognize it and you can combat that enemy that comes. But if you're not aware of it, then you're ignorant of Satan's devices, then he can beat you down. Right? He can win. But whenever you recognize it and you're aware of it, you can overcome. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about these seven spirits that come to hinder the flow of God. Amen? The spirit of Cain. We're going to talk about the spirit of Korah. We're going to talk about the spirit of uh, Balaam and the spirit of Absalom and the spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of Leviathan and the spirit of the Pharisees. And these seven spirits are released into the earth and they are, they've they been working, but they're still working today to stop the flow of God. But whenever we are aware of them, then we disarm the enemy and we can have victory and the flow of God can perpetually flow in our lives. Amen. Praise God. I'll not be teaching from something to you that I don't know about, but I've dealt with and fought these demons and I ain't here to say it's uh, me. It's because of the grace of God and because the anointing of God. But I am a living testimony that you can defeat these spirits and you can have victory in your life. Amen. You can have victory in your church. Praise God. These things come to silence the voice of God and to silence the flow of God and His anointing. But the devil is a liar. God's power is greater than any spirit in any assignment of hell that has ever been set against you or set against His kingdom. God is greater than that. Amen? Praise God. And so we're going to be dealing with those. We're going to talk about those over the next several weeks. And we're going to believe God to just bring revelation and let the river of God flow. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, let's just stand together tonight. Hallelujah. Can we just corporately tonight just just go to God and just ask Him, God, if there's anything in us that would hinder your flow, anything that would resist or stop the flow of your spirit, God, that you would just reveal it to us. Can we do that tonight? Amen. Father, we just come to you as a corporate body, but yet individually. God, we really do desire for your flow. We desire your anointing. We desire.